Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Hey, everyone, and welcome into NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. Happy Thanksgiving week. Week 12 in the NFL brings us a matchup between NFC wildcard hopefuls, a veteran quarterback on his last legs, and an AFC powerhouse eyeing a number one seed. Let's kick things off with two teams taking the field in the AFC that are playoff focused. In the case of Tennessee, their stranglehold on the AFC South has never been tighter. And they're now focused on ensuring opposing defenses can't throw every player in between Derrick Henry and the goal line. The Bengals are surging at the right time and will need the Joes, you know who we're talking about, Burrow and Mixon, to continue to lead this team as they try to chase down the Ravens for the division lead while also cementing their wild card seed. James Rapian and Jake Lisko from Locked on Bengals join Tyler Rowland from Locked on Titans to preview this matchup for us. The Bengals had a pretty good plan against the Titans before. If the Titans go heavy personnel, they run 6-1 and bring a safety up. And if the Titans go three wide receiver at all, they're still going to leave five on the line of scrimmage a lot of the time and, and make it tough for the Titans to do those double teams on the line of scrimmage and get to the second level, kind of squeeze the interior while also having cutback and edge protection on both sides. It just makes it tough. It's kind of similar to what the Packers have tried to do to the Titans and, and make it tough for them to, to run the ball. Uh, I guess the reality of what it comes down to to me is the Bengals' secondary is going to be able to execute a lot better than the Packers' secondary. So if the Titans don't dominate on the ground, the Titans' passing game is going to have to step up and win. And I'm just a little worried uh, about that. On the other side of it, the Titans don't have the pass. The Titans got nine sacks in the playoffs and still couldn't finish Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, with a lesser pass rush, and a banged-up secondary that's more hurt than in the playoff. The defense is worse in the pass rush and in the secondary than it was in the playoff game. Mm -hmm. And the Bengals' offensive line is a little bit improved. So you put all that together, and I don't see how you could come out thinking that the Titans will be able to hold the Bengals to 19 points or fewer and I don't know if the Titans on this Bengals defense can score more than that. So I I, I don't mind to go, to go out there now. I'm going to take the Bengals 24 to 17 in this game. Uh, I I think the Bengals are able to get a few turnovers on Ryan Tannehill, and it kind of uh, gives the Bengals a good opportunity to get some score uh, some scores, get over 20 points, like a lot of people haven't been able to do against the Titans since the the Bills game. And uh, I think the Bengals do end up winning. The game, it, it should be close. I could see it not being so close as well, but I think 24-17 feels about right for me. Yeah, I think you hit on some of the main things there. And, and throughout the pod, you've mentioned Jesse Bates. And I go back to 2020 yes. when Bates had the interception in the red zone on Ryan Tannehill. They were playing in, in Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium. And it was early was on. The ba the Bengals had, yeah, the Bengals had one win. And mm -hmm. You know, it, it really gave them the momentum to beat the Titans, and the Titans obviously had way higher expectations than the Bengals that season. Yep. And afterwards, Jesse Bates talked about tells, little tells that Ryan Tannehill had on film. Oh, and then man, when you go back yeah. to last year, first play hey, of the game, yep. it, it, interception again. So uh -huh. 
if you ask Bengals fans whether it's fair or not, I think a lot of them, especially with this contract situation, would say, oh, Jesse Bates, he's underachieved this year. And I don't necessarily think that's the case, but that's what some would say. This is a big Jesse Bates-type game because mm-hmm. as you were talking about the secondary, man, they miss Chidobe Awuzie. That, that's yep. just – we have Eli Apple on one side, Cam Taylor-Britt on the other, Mike Hilton, you feel really good about him. But it's just – it's not the same unit without Cheeto. And so is this the Bates game where he's able to step up and make plays? I, I think that that's certainly an interesting storyline. How the Bengals handle Derrick Henry obviously goes without saying. I think Bates is going to have to make a couple of big plays, I guess, if the Bengals mm-hmm. – uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. If the Bengals are going to win this game. Flip side, I think it's unrealistic to expect Jamar Chase to go from load management essentially with crutches. He wasn't like – when people hear crutches, they hear like leg up and stuff. He was never doing that. It was just to help that bone heal quicker. But that low load management stuff that he was doing on crutches for the past four weeks to go from that to being a game breaker on Sunday. That being said, he's a freak and maybe he does that. Right. That's but, what I'm thinking. <laughs> right. Like he's certainly capable. I mean, the last time we saw him, yeah. he was dominating Atlanta secondary a week after dominating the Saints secondary. And that was after he suffered the injury, at least partial, uh, a partial injury. So yeah, I think, um, that part of it's going to be interesting because this offense is gelling without him right now. Do they use him as more of a decoy? How does that work? But Joe Burrow's cooking, and does that translate on the road? It, it should in a, in a hostile environment. Right. I mean, that was such a crazy game, and it, it takes me back to January. I'm having flashbacks just thinking about it and talking about these two teams matching up. So uh, it's it's tough. If, if I had to make an official prediction right now, I told myself – I've been picking – especially the first half of the season. The Bengals underachieved the first half of the season. And I was picking them to win because I thought they were going to win these games. Mm -hmm. And half of them they lost, right? This game is more of a toss-up to me. I was leaning Titans coming into the week. I'm not sure exactly how I'm leaning now with the Jamar Chase potentially playing news because I honestly, up until Monday, I didn't think it was necessarily going to happen. And then Monday, you get a little intel and it feels like it could. So we'll see there. But I, I was leaning Titans coming into the week. So I'll, I'll hold off. I think it's going to be a field goal game either way. Mm. So uh, who's Randy Bullock's backup? Whoever Randy Bullock's uh, backup is, get ready. Because it's hit it you looks versus like, uh, Money Mac. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be undrafted free agent uh, Caleb Shudik from Iowa. He does have a bigger leg than uh, than Bulletproof Bullock, as I like to call him. Bulletproof uh, Bullock. Bulletproof Bullock, <laughs> baby. Uh, oh, but, man. Uh, yeah, he, he's got a bigger leg, but... He is a rookie uh, rookie kicker coming off PUP. So, Bet Online has the coverage of the Lions ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Bengals and Titans this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Beck, and Jonathan Casillas. The Bengals said to Nashville to take on the Titans. Right now, Anthony, the Titans are one point home dogs. Yeah, I like the home dog here. Vrabel's going to get this team going. November and December gets in the trenches for both sides of the football for the Titans. I like them at home. This is a revenge game from last year's playoffs. The Titans were the number one seed and got knocked out by the Bengals. So look the Titans to go ahead and try to physical them early and get the dub. Yeah, Titans with some extra rest off that Thursday night game. The Bengals just played a physical one against the Steelers. I love the home dogs here. Take the point, Tennessee. Thanks, guys. Get Bengals, Titans, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. And hey, while you're there, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. BetOnline, where the game starts. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers might need to run the table to save their playoff lives. The only problem? 
Have that task start with a visit to the 9-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Green Bay simply has not been able to find balance. Their offense has lacked rhythm, and the defense finds itself top five in passing yards allowed, but bottom 10 against the run. Philadelphia has sputtered over their last two games, but signed defensive reinforcements and knows the number one seed is in their reach. Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers joins Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles to preview this game. All right, so Bet Online, which you mentioned, has our friends, uh, the Eagles, minus six and a half in this yep. game at home, uh, minus 290 on the money line, over under 46 and a half. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is, um, that is a place where I am, I am looking at this game and going, I don't know if the Packers can get to 20 in this game. Like given the way that the offense looks right now, I'm just, I don't know how you can have confidence in it. I know they had a mini buy. And so maybe that helps a little bit. That's more time with Christian Watson. Um, they, they released this depth chart and they put Sammy Watkins like fifth on it, which is probably good. Um, which may mean more opportunities for guys like Samori Toure, but Romeo Dobbs is still dealing with the injury. So I don't have a lot of faith in this Packers offense right now. So I think something in that 24-17 range to me makes a lot of sense. I'm going to give the Packers a little bit of a bump because of that mini buy. Yeah. So I I actually like it. The the number I had all week was sort of was 24-17. I like 26-20. The Packers to cover, but the Eagles to win because I just don't think they're going to be able to get enough stops. And and put another way, I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough to stick with this Eagles. That said, I like the blueprint that the Colts and the the Washington commanders put together the last two weeks. But I also think this Eagles coaching staff is smart enough to to have now you've had three weeks now um, to come up with some answers. I trust them to have some. And so I think this will be a competitive game, a hard fought game, a good game. I just don't think the Packers have enough right now to stick with the Eagles. What do you think, Louie? Yeah, I had a similar score prediction. I was heading into the week thinking around 27 to 20. The Eagles only scored 17 points last week against the Indianapolis Colts. But to me, the Eagles have had eight examples this year of where they're a flawless, elite, mistake-free offense. And they've only had two examples where they're really a sloppy team. Not having tight end Dallas Goddard obviously impacts them, but I think they're going to rebound from their performance last week. I think they can have success against the ground against Green Bay. I think they're so talented through the air that even though Green Bay's got a pretty talented secondary, they can still produce. I, you know, it's tough, Peter, when it comes to the other side of the ball because obviously Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense looks nothing like they have in the past, but Jonathan Gannon randomly just reverts back into that guy that he was last year that plays very over, almost overly conservative against quarterbacks with a resume like Rodgers. I just hope that he is good at adjusting better situationally compared to last year because, you know, the Mahomes of the world, the Brady's, even the Derek Carrs and the Justin Herberts last year tore this team up. They have a lot more talent on defense. So I'm hoping for the best, but I want to see him. This is going to be the best quarterback they've played by far, even with Rodgers, who he is this year. So I'll still give him respect and say he hits that 20 mark. I'll say 27-20. So what'd you say the line was 46 and a half? I think I'd have the over then. And I'm and I'm going just under right forty six yeah. and a half. So I think it's fun to bet the over anyway. I always like going with the over. It, it, it is, but by the way, if you've been betting unders all year, you're making money because I this know, has been a, great point. a crazy season yeah, a where <laughs> no one is scoring points. So I was I was thinking about this. You mentioned that Rodgers is the best quarterback that 
the Eagles have faced. And then I yeah. went back and looked, and I, I had checked this early in the year. Who do you think the second best quarterback the Eagles have faced this year is? I mean, from a talent perspective, it's probably Trevor Lawrence. From a proven production standpoint, I'd say Kirk Cousins week two, and they kind of dominated him. So yeah, the Eagles, look, they've played some quality opponents from a roster standpoint, but when it comes to quarterbacks, there really haven't been a lot of good ones. Maybe Kyler Murray in that battle in Arizona. Yep. I would say Rodgers is the best one they faced. And it doesn't get a whole lot harder after this. They got Tennessee and they have their matchup against Dak Prescott later, but then they play Daniel Jones. It's That's one thing they've really benefited from with this schedule compared to last year. They have not played a lot of star signal callers. Bet Online has the coverage of the Lions ahead of this matchup. Welcome to Bet Online All Access. It's the Packers and Eagles this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. Sunday night football matchup in the NFC. The Green Bay Packers head to Philly to take on the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles are seven-point favorites. Yeah, really nothing to hang my hat on yet with the Packers. They're starting to come around a little bit offensively, but the Eagles losing two weeks ago, close game last week, back at home. I'm riding the Eagles high. Yeah, for sure. They had some help with the Vikings getting blown out the other night. So they're looking to stay at the top of the NFC. So I got to take the Eagles on this one as well. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Eagles. Lay that touchdown for sure. Everybody keeps thinking the Packers are going to put it together. That is simply not the case. Jalen Hurts is looking more dynamic in weeks past. Lay the seven with Philly. Thanks, fellas. Get Packers, Eagles, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. And hey, while you're there, be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You want to know how it works, don't you? You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. We're talking PGA, college football, men's basketball, women's basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, you name it. They've got it all. We even have cricket in there. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Saved and fast withdrawals, too. Currently, it's operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. What's up? Oh, I'm just compiling all the top sports scores, news, and odds so I can make the very best picks. Me too. BetOnline.net. Get into the action anytime, anywhere at BetOnline.net. The Falcons and Commanders, two teams no one expected to be discussing as playoff contenders in Week 12. Now, if not for that highly suspect roughing the passer penalty in Week 5, the Falcons might just be leading their division. Marcus Mariota holds the 11th best QBR in the NFL and has thrown 10 touchdowns and just three interceptions over the last seven games. Now, since Taylor Heineke took over under center, Washington has won four out of his five starts. And while the stats may not show it, Heineke has been a leader for the commanders on this surprising run. Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons joins Chris Russell and David Harrison from Locked on Commanders to preview this NFC bout. Who you got coming out on top of this one? Yeah, uh, I, you know, the Fal Locked on Falcons listeners are not going to be happy with me. <laughs> um, I think the commanders probably will pull it off. I, I think just like pretty much every game the Falcons have, it will come down 
to the final possession in the fourth quarter. Probably whoever has the ball last will have a chance to go down the field and win it. And whether it's the Falcons or the Commanders, you know, I don't feel as favorable uh, thinking about the Falcons going up against that commander's defense, you know, mm-hmm. with the game on the line and probably needing to throw the football in the two minute drill uh, to win the game. Uh, then I do probably Taylor Heineke. We saw him do this last year against Atlanta, uh, doing yeah. it in the, in the two minute drill against a weaker Falcons defense. I think the thing that may go in the Falcons favor is if they can get off to a good start, they have traditionally not done that on the road this year. They, they kind of need to, but if they don't get off to a great start, you know, maybe this is the week where that's okay because Washington, mm-hmm. from what I have seen, has not been a great first quarter team. Uh, you know, maybe outside of that Eagles game, uh, they, they haven't really done a whole lot to, to play with leads. So th- this may be a week where if the Falcons do get off to another typical slow start in the road, maybe that's not uh, going to get them in as big a hole as it has done in previous weeks. And so maybe they'll be, be able to climb out of it. But, you know, all that to say, Right now, I'm feeling like this is probably going to be a low-scoring, kind of grinded-out game, back and forth, field position, special teams. If if Cordero Patterson can have a repeat touchdown on, on a kickoff return, that yeah. may be the thing that gives the Falcons the lead. But I have the Commanders winning a close one, something around like 24-21 or something like that. Nice. I like the score prediction. Listen, I have it on good authority. There are, and I can't say every team, but there are pro scouts and there are quality assurance coaches that listen to these podcasts because they want the inside information. They want the localized, focused analysis and opinions uh, as well. So I'm going to give, so if you're a Falcons quality assurance coach or quality control coach, whatever your organization calls them, or a pro scout, check it out, listen up. You got to score early. So there, there's my groundbreaking analysis. Every team wants to score fast, right? Every team wants to come out fast. But honestly, against watch commanders, that is the key. You need to put the commanders behind, put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands, and force him to not make the critical mistake for at least 45 minutes if you can in this game. So that's really what it boils down to. And so I know every single person will know, of course, put your pen down. Got it. Here's my score prediction. Again, commander's favored by four. Atlanta is scoring 23 and a half points per game on average, allowing 24.9 points per game. Very close margins of of scores there, right? Washington is scoring 19 and a half points per game, allowing 17.9. Again, very close margins of scores there. So Atlanta scoring differential, so you don't have to do the math. Negative 1.4. They're scoring negative 1.4 points fewer than they're allowing on average. Washington's point differential, negative 0.8 points. So not even a full point uh, on average, which means both these teams play a lot of close games. And that's what we both have kind of testified to here. Uh, Four points is too much. That's too big of a spread. I do think the Falcons cover the spread. So if you're a Falcons fan, you want to put money on your team because you're loyal, do yourself a favor, do it against the spread. Give yourself those four points wiggle room uh, so you can at least celebrate your own victory, even if Atlanta loses which i do think they will aaron 23 to 21 is my score prediction i legitimately have that typed on my screen so nobody accuse me of copying aaron i'm not prices writing him okay i'm not 23 21 is my math um so aaron recapping this crossover my biggest story for the commanders is taylor heineke going to continue to keep the commanders out of trouble not put up a lot of numbers but can he avoid the big mistake key matchup commanders rushing game versus that falcons rush defense, which you say statistically is better than they actually are functionally, which makes all Brian Robinson Jr. fantasy owners very, very happy. Uh, Score prediction, Falcons do cover the spread, I think, but Washington gets their third straight win and sets up the possibility, Aaron, that three NFC East teams could have eight wins or more after week 13. From Locked on Bets, here's Lee Sterling. Two years ago, Ron Rivera 
as head coach made an incredible run with Washington as he took the team to the playoffs in a wild card post. Now, last six games, they've won five of them. They are on a roll. Uh, they also will get back big play defensive end, Chase Young from injury. He was activated. And they go against an Atlanta offense here that is really starting to struggle. Three of the last five games, they've scored just 17 points or less. And even though they scored 27 last week, they were helped by a kickoff return for touchdown. So now it's going to get even tougher. Kyle Pitts, their star tight end, is out with a knee injury for at least the next couple weeks. And I think maybe eventually they turn to Desmond Ritter, a quarterback here, over Marcus Mariota, to get a little spark going as the offense seems to be floundering. But if they go to him in this game, it's going to be when they're down probably double digits here. So I'm going to say Washington keeps rolling here, lay the four points over Atlanta. The Commanders win and cover 26-17. For more, subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is also brought to you by Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion so you can be alerted only when a threat is real. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. At the start of the season, a matchup with the defending champions would have had Kansas City locked and loaded. But the season is long, and these are not your 2021 Rams. Kansas City will look to strengthen its hold on the number one seed and with a win, all but clinch the AFC West. For the Rams, the championship hangover was supposed to be on the heads of the Bengals, but injuries and a last place three and seven record has the offseason agenda getting set a bit sooner than expected. Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams joins Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark from Locked on Chiefs to preview Sunday's showdown. What are your predictions for this game? Well, Chris, I don't, I don't know if the Rams. <laughs> I, I, I'm reluctant to say this. The Rams have seven games left. They, they have of their seven games, I think five are almost guaranteed L's. So you're basically looking at a team that's going to be struggling to get to four or five wins. The two games that they have left on their schedule are that I think are, are possibly winnable are both at home at SoFi against the Raiders and against the Denver Broncos. Two teams that are struggling just like the Rams are. The Chiefs are not one of these teams. <laughs> the Chiefs are, <laughs> are are one of these. I, I think the Rams have not scored under the best of circumstances. And what I mean by that is even when their offensive line was relatively healthy, even when Matthew Stafford was still in the lineup, even when Cooper Cup was still playing, and, and Cooper Cup on the offensive side of the ball is the one piece of this team that has worked well uh, this season. It's looked like a Cooper Cup season. He catches his eight, nine, ten passes a game. It's about 100 yards. He gets into the end zone. He's gone. Stafford's gone. Allen Robinson has done nothing. Van Jefferson has done nothing. 2-2 out. We'll just go right on down the line. Tyler Higby, who has been a weapon for the Rams in the past at the tight end position, they basically have to use him as another tackle. They have to keep him in on almost every play to try to keep that quarterback safe. So as far as prediction goes, I think it's going to be a lot for the Chiefs and very few for the Rams. 
Um, I, I think that this could get away from them because you're starting to see, you know, they cut Daryl Henderson, they cut Justin Hollins. They're they're in that mode where they're trying to get guys to pay attention. Maybe there's a little bit of, you know, bow your back a little bit and push back. They can't score. Even if the defense puts together a, a good performance, I still think Kansas City gets into the high 20s at least. I don't think that the Rams can get to 20 points, especially with a backup quarterback and might not even be the backup quarterback. It might be the third string quarterback. So I would not be surprised if this were not a 35 to 10 sort of situation. I think that this is by far the best team that they've played all year, especially since maybe Buffalo in the opener. The Rams just don't have the horsepower to score. Here's the path for them to win if it happens. Patrick Mahomes has a very bad day and throws a couple interceptions. Maybe one of them gets returned for a touchdown. Maybe a special team score, something like that. But just trying to go score for score with this team, the Rams don't have the horsepower. And I'm glad you bring that up about Patrick Mahomes having a bad day or, you know, a special team score. I could see a special team score. Can't see a special team has really struggled this season because of the turnover on their roster from year to year. Uh, they lost a lot of the special teams players last this past offseason. It's really hurt them in, going into this year. So I could see that being a possibility. And quite honestly, with as well as Mahomes has been has been playing. You just are you're starting. I'm getting I'm getting to the point of wondering, is he going to have a bad game? Is a bad game coming? Uh and personally, I know this probably sounds wrong, but I would actually rather him have a bad game against a team like the Rams. Sure. In this game specifically, because I still think that they have the ability to win, even if he has a bad game, then him have a bad game the next week against the Bengals, where they're gonna need him to be at his best. So um I'm with you. I think that this is gonna be very hard. And I will say this also. I wanted Kansas City to sign Allen Robinson. Mm. I thought he could step in. I thought he could be a number one type of wide receiver. He is not that, or I haven't seen it so far this year. We'll see whether or not he's able to do that this this year. I'm really curious to see, you know, Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson against these Chiefs corners because you have so many young guys. Trim McDuffie is playing very well for a rookie. Uh, you know, Jalen Watson has been playing well. Uh, Joshua Williams has been playing well. They're four deep at corner. Three of them are rookies, and that doesn't even mention Lajarius Sneed. So that's going to be something to watch. I agree with you. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game for Kansas City. I, I could easily see them get into the 30s. Uh, I think that's their average on points this season is just right around the 30-point mark. I could see them being at 35, could be 38, maybe even 40, depending on how this goes. Uh, but I will say this as well, when it gets to this game, if it gets out of reach for the Rams, Andy Reid is the type of coach that's not going to run up the score. So it would not shock me for it to stay lower, you know, higher 20s if the Rams are still in the teens. And once again from Locked on Bets, here's Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Kansas City Chiefs at home laying 14 and a half points against the LA Rams. Now, when you look at the line, I think they're telling you Matthew Stafford is probably not gonna play in this game. He's had concussions now, two of them in the last month, and I think they're gonna sit him here. They also have trouble on offense. I mean, they're just not getting any production out of their running game. Offensive line might be the worst in the NFL. And behind Cooper Cup is already gonna be out another five or six weeks. They're number two and three receivers before that probably wouldn't make most rosters here. That's led them to being just 30th in the league in scoring, just 16 points per game the last four weeks, and they're even averaging just 255 yards. Where on the other hand, 
Kansas City Chiefs lead the league in scoring. Patrick Mahomes just never seems to stop. Bevy of receivers. They even have a productive running game going now. So Kansas City, 3-3 three and three when laying more than two touchdowns. But this Rams team might be one of the worst teams we've seen in the NFL in the last decade here. It's crazy. They've gone from being the Super Bowl champs to maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Kansas City minus 14 and a half, big here, 42 to 13 over the Rams. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Mike Tomlin coach teams do not throw in the towel, but maybe they should. At three and seven and holding a 74 point differential, the Steelers are averaging just 17 points a game. Kenny Pickett is making strides and posted a career-high 62.1 QBR while leading Pittsburgh to its first 30-point game of the year. Meantime, with road games against the Cowboys and Vikings over the next two weeks, the Colts must circle this AFC matchup as a chance to stay in the wildcard picture. Jeff Saturday is 1-1 at the helm and has Matt Ryan back under center looking to lean on experience over youth to help right the Indianapolis ship. Christopher Carter from Locked On Steelers joins Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks from Locked On Colts to preview the Monday night tilt for us. What is your biggest factor in what determines this game, and when does that kick in? What, where do you see the turning point coming in this game to get to the final score that you have? Honestly, I think the biggest thing in this entire game, and I think you might be able to agree with me here, is whichever offense makes the, <laughs> makes the yeah. least amount of yep. mistakes, <laughs> whichever offense doesn't kick their own butt in this one, I think is going to win it. So if, if the Colts go out and they are not productive on offense, but they don't turn the ball over or don't have horrible mistakes, they'll probably win this one because this is going to be a defensive slugfest. This is going to be the Steelers defensive line just destroying the Colts offensive line and making life awful for Matt Ryan. And then on the other side, it's going to be really the pass defense, good run defense, uh, stuffing, uh, you know, Steelers offense is still trying to find their identity, trying to figure out a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think ultimately it's going to come down to, again, in this third or fourth quarter, there's going to be a big mistake by someone, whether that's Kenny Pickett, whether that's Matt Ryan, who has made a lot of mistakes this season, or whether that's the Colts offensive line, you know, allowing a blindside sack or something like that. I think that's, what's really going to decide this game. There's going to be some big turnover or big momentum shift. Uh, Maybe even it's like a missed field goal or a blocked field goal or something like that. You know, there's going to be some kind of big momentum shift in the third or fourth quarter that's really going to decide this game. And and ultimately, for my score prediction, I have it going 16 to 13 Steelers in this one. Again, low low scoring game, not great offenses, defenses that are pretty solid. I just think that there's going to be you know an Alex Highsmith strip sack or something of Matt Ryan in the third quarter because. Bernard, Bernard Ryman right now, again, he's kind of like the Kenny Pickett of our team where he drafted him a little high, mm. kind of hoping for the future. He's getting thrown into the fire, and it's it's not been very, very pretty for him so far. So I think a guy like Highsmith, who's having so much success this year, who's really grown as a pass rusher, is it, just going to it's gonna eat him up all day long. I, I think that that's where, that's where my biggest factor comes in. Is A lot of times I look at teams and I say, who's de- is the defensive line that much better than the offensive line than the other team? Whoever carries that advantage, to me, often carries a big favor into the game. And right. you know, there, there's times it can be negated. You know, the, the Steelers' defensive front was better than the Bengals' defensive front, but Joe Burrow made it not matter last, last week with, 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 uh, with his four touchdown passes. Um, 
I think that that's one of the big things that you that, that you look here, and that's where I give the Steelers an edge this week as far as who they're how, who they're playing because I just I think Matt Ryan's not in the part of his career where he can deal with that nearly as well. Um, you know, if Matt Ryan, if this was a younger quarterback, I, I think that and he was seeing the field well, I think I would I would give the Colts an edge here because even with their pass rushing, even with their pass protection struggles, excuse me. Um, I think that there's, uh, you know, that they that a, a younger quarterback could kind of escape by time. That's what Joe Burrow did last week. But that's where I see this game turning, uh, turning on 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 its head. Is that this will be a close game for a while? I'd say like mid, late third quarter, maybe an early fourth quarter. Um, you're going to see both of these teams kind of, you know, taking their shots on third downs. Everyone's going to be trying to protect the football. And then I think it's just going to come down to whose pass rush gets to the quarterback faster. And uh, just with T.J. Watt back. I think that this is his chance to kind of to kind of cement some things, uh, and he's he's going to be lining up on the right tackle, um, uh, Alex Highsmith on the on the left tackle, and it's going to be very interesting to see you know how those two guys get after it um, and uh, and and play this week. So I also have the Steelers by three points, twenty seventeen, similar idea there. I also think there could be a defensive or a special team score in this game by either side that's that's going to uh, sway swing things heavily in 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 one in one team's favor and put another team behind behind the eight ball a little bit there. So both of us have similar predictions here on crossover Thursday. Um, just looking at how this game play out, but I think we can both agree this is going to be a, a defensive showdown. It's not going to be a pretty game Monday night. It's just going to be one that these two teams are going to have to have to grit through. And the team that makes the least amount of mistakes is going to be a team that probably comes out on top. And once again from Locked on Bets, here's Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Indianapolis Colts at home laying two and a half points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Colts made a move a couple weeks ago. A lot of people were upset about it. They ended up hiring Jeff Saturday. Had no head coaching experience in college or the NFL. Was never even a coordinator. As you know, the former center, and he was brought on, and people were upset. But the the results haven't been so bad so far. They ended up covering both games against the Raiders and Eagles. They, in fact, won that first game against the Raiders and took the Eagles down to the wire. Now, they're going to face the Steelers team that has T.J. Watt back to anchor the Steelers' defense. So they are improved on defense, but I have some concerns about Pittsburgh's offense here. Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback from the University of Pittsburgh, I think he's going to be good down the road, but he's not where he needs to be reading defenses so far. Just three touchdowns and eight interceptions here. And also, he's been sacked 14 times in the last three games. So the Colts seem to be playing since they inserted Matt Ryan back at quarterback. And also, the Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor, the last two weeks, he looks like his old self. 241 combined running yards here. So I'm going to take Indianapolis at home, minus the small spot, the two and a half. I think they win and cover 24 to 17 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. As week 12 concludes, the playoff picture comes into focus and true contenders take command of their postseason plans while many wildcard hopefuls may find their dreams prematurely dashed. Each and every week, we will continue to bring you all of the insight and analysis from across our Locked On Network. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Jordan Black, and this has been NFL Key Predictions. 